The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Wednesday is upon us. Sue Martin joins us today from Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And Sue, you before we were talking uh, to start the final bell here, we were talking about this weather and just the last couple of weeks it's continued to weigh in on these producers and we're definitely seeing it yet again today. But it's nice to still see some green on the screen for our soybeans. We know that corn and wheat went down today, but still some decent numbers for the grain complex on Wednesday. Well, it is. I think that um, uh, what we need to keep in mind is that, uh, first off, the markets are extremely overbought. They've ran hard and fast, and corn's had not far from a dollar rally. I think it's been 90 cents. You know, we got up to, what, 450, I want to say three or something like that overnight, and our low was four, four, was uh, 343, which, by the way, happened to be a half cent from if you do December year in year out, that was a half a cent from the low of last year, and then of course the decent of this year's contract, the 2019 contract, exceeded its highs as well, and so we have an outside key reversal year going in December corn, which is kind of interesting and intriguing. Um, but the other thing is, is that when we look at at the weather. Uh, the weather is, our sources had been saying that we could see a shift around the turn of, of the month and especially around the 6th of June where we would start to move warmer and drier. And now, all of a sudden, all these other services are starting to say, yep, talking the same thing. Some of them, though, are saying there's going to be showers off and on intermittently as we go through June. If we do that, that'll hold the uh, root systems from going down. And then if you turn hot and dry, like, say, in July or whatever, that would be very concerning for the crop. The other thing is, is that if you turn hotter and drier, it allows the roots to possibly follow the moisture down, possibly. But the other thing it does is it makes the, the crust on the ground like cement and that's not healthy either so i think that when we it's not i guess where i'm going with this is it's not the ideal year it's not like last year last year in may every kernel plant populations were up every kernel grew you looked at the fields and they were beautiful and then of course we caught some rains later like in in uh july and on but the crop looked fabulous and even then, we didn't turn out with record yields. So I think that when we look at this year, we're just so opposite of a year ago. And we've had cold temps, so we haven't got the heat units that this corn needs. Now, yes, we can pick up some heat units. but And then you look at beans, and they go on daylight hours. And, if, and next Monday, we're going to be the 3rd of June. And a lot of these places are going to need close to a week to dry out. And you get you know, close in, so all of a sudden you're talking June 5th, 6th, and you're now thinking about planting beans, and June 21st is your longest day of the year, all of a sudden you're really getting shortened on daylight hours, which in essence cuts yields and causes the beans to shut down. 
It has been just such a continued struggle. I mean, producers I've talked to that may have got their corn in the ground, but the beans are still sitting in the bins ready to be put into the planters. It's just been a continuous cycle, not only emotionally, but financially. And then they're watching the markets trying to figure out, how do I market in 2019? Well, it is. It is a tough thing to decide how to market. You hate to market something you don't know if you're going to have or how much of it. So what we suggest is if you've got crop insurance, then maybe, and remember, revenue uh, insurance is at 4 bucks. That's what we averaged in the month of February. Maybe you don't sell any more than what your insurance would cover you on. Um, There's a lot of accumulator contracts out there at elevators. And we think this year those are going to sort of bite um, because they've just too many people are on them. It's a short position and the market knows it. But before we can get to that, the market really has to, I believe we're in a year where it's going to continue to realize, um, you know, first it's just getting the crop in. Then it's how many acres have we lost? And from there, it's going to be what is the weather doing to even help yields from there? And that's, I think the kind of year we've got and that'll be a year then that has maybe a short crop but a longer tail and maybe takes time to last i've been going through years that have a tendency for uh late plantings and it's interesting because just going back to um oh 1990 from there on all the uh, late planted years so far well every one of them actually other than one all of them had their summer highs in June or July. And uh, then uh, several of them put their highs in for the year right into the tail end of the year. I thought it was interesting as I read the weekly crop progress report. I mean, they were comparing it back to 1980. And for many of these producers, these newer ones, they don't remember much about 1980. Well, that is interesting because I think it's more like the year of 1974. And um, in the year of 1974, we had a a very late planted crop, wet, and then we turned warm and dry in June to July. And the market um, basically had a pattern just like this year. And then we took off and we rallied and we put our high in on the very last day of July. And then we broke down into September. We had... Labor Day frost freezes in northeastern Iowa and part of Minnesota. We had a killing freeze on September 21st. And I know the beans in our area were black and the corn smelled like silage. And then the market took off and rallied again and then put its high in, though, a little quicker, put its high in for the year in uh, October, the first week of October, around the 4th to the 6th. Right at the time that year, the Farm Progress Show was in, in uh, action or going. We have more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins us from Ag and Investment. As we kind of left talking about the markets, Sue, and being able to market yet in 2019, you kind of made a point during the commercial break. Really, patience is a virtue at this point. I know it's hard. It's easier to say than it is to live it as folks look out and see extremely muddy fields. But for those that have gotten the chance to get the crop in the ground, there might be some advantages to that. Still could be some advantages to those that are waiting to plant. Well, I think that, um, you know, the one thing is now, rather than forcing it, 
is just letting the ground get dried out and go after it. Um, and it doesn't take long to plant once you get going and you have the big equipment we have these days. So that's the blessing. Um, the other thing is, though, it will be what happens as we go forward, you know, what the weather's like and these forecasts. Um, we're, you know, going to need heat units for this corn crop. And the beans, you know, they don't have wet and cold. And I hate to say it, but I am hearing that forecast for come August, last half of July, but August especially. So we'll have to see. But the one thing I did notice was in looking at crop years, and I'm not totally done yet, but looking at late planted years, we do tend to put our eyes in more times than not in July. Um, June shows up as well for your summer highs. And then there are many of them, if it's severe enough, that your highs actually come in the fourth quarter of the year. And so we'll see what happens. I would not recommend selling any more than what you have insurance on. And I know it's really tough. It may be a year to buy puts instead because next year we could see a market that has an inversion next year. And then on top of it, um, you know, if it's inverted, you have a maybe a much better basis level going. And so time will tell. But, you know, you get this tariff out of the way, that's going to help. And make no mistake, China's watching our weather very closely because they need a lot of everything. And I think they're watching our weather thinking, oh, my goodness, if this continues on, well, you know, they've taken delivery of beans out of uh, Chicago. And um, on the Chicago Board of Trade, they've been taking most of the deliveries through. They did all through March, and they've done it through May so far. And we're about done. Um, So basically, we'll see. Do they do the same thing in July again? I don't know if they did it in January. I just happened to notice it in March. But that's not the orthodox, normal way that they take beans. Um, It's more under the radar, I think. You know, it's kind of nice to, and I probably just jinx this by saying it, but it's kind of nice to be able to focus on a market that isn't all about China for once. It is. It very much is. And, you know, the U.S. is the world's largest exporter of corn, and uh, we're a major exporter of wheat. Um, Russia's probably going to be number one, and we're vying for number one, number two with uh, Brazil. And... You know, they're going to have more, it's expected, they're going to plant more bean acres this coming fall. But if we have a setback, all of a sudden, our carryout could potentially, if we were to turn back and not be able to get these beans in nicely, um, all of a sudden, you could have a situation where our carryout could drop between yield drop and acres. You could have a situation where we could take that 950 million bushel carryout and drop it down to around something over 500. Um, and some would say, well, that's still huge, but it's a big difference. Try. Their plan is to regroup and, and produce again, and that's going to have a huge draw on protein. Well, speaking of protein, we have to unfortunately talk about this triple-digit loss that happened in the feeder cattle today. What did you see as the, the big movement behind it? Well, you know, um, feeder cattle have been, um, you know, they did have triple losses, and then they managed to kind of work their way back on the August and the SEP, maybe not so much on October's steady to maybe two higher, and then the deferreds were just a little lower. Probably what was giving it support today 
after it had that triple-digit loss was the fact that the corn market was coming down to close lower. And I think that just gave a little grounding to the to feeder cattle market. And then you had your fats. June fats are were the strength here today. And trying to they're trying to narrow in the basis a little bit. And there was some light trade that started in Colorado and Nebraska. But uh, we think the very worst you see cash trade to this week will be probably a dollar. We think steady to a dollar higher. Lots of things to think about, Sue. Any other thoughts when it comes to, to marketing these livestock, especially with the volatility that we've seen on the grain side? Well, when I look at the cattle market, I think we've got a good week going here. And then we need to take a good look next week on the fats. Um, the one thing we keep in mind is that the grilling season got a late start this year. What's the best way for producers to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051, and y'all have a great day. Thanks so much. Sue Martin joining us on this Wednesday. Big thank you to Fontenelle and all the local Fontenelle dealers as well for their sponsorship. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.